Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Brave New Teaching. We are so excited for this episode. And I know we say that on just about every single episode, how excited we are. But truly, this one is pretty gosh darn exciting because we are talking about how to make this year end, this year end of COVID-19 pandemic school closures, how to make it count, not just for our students, but for ourselves. Amanda. Are you so excited to jump into this episode? Hey guys, yeah, actually we're recording this during my last week of school, so I am live handling this right now. (laughs) This Um, is in real time here, people. This is very much (laughs) in real time. You know, we try to get, you know, a lot of episodes recorded because we are, you know, motivated and thinking about these policies and practices ahead of time. But this time we left room for some real live, this is happening now podcasting. So um, we're really excited to share with you guys exactly how we plan to get through the end of the year with uh, one with no regrets. Two, with a healthy amount of reflection and data to help us move forward. And then finally, to genuinely unplug and look ahead to our summers where we can restore our sanity and just take care of ourselves for a little while before things just hit the fan all over again. And I think those of you who have been listening to our podcast for a few weeks now, because we are uh, moving and trucking with this new podcast, you know that we are not ones to really filter. We're pretty realistic and we're excited to talk about this stuff. So let's jump in. You're 
are listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, before we get started, we want to let you know that this episode comes with a special sweet little treat for you. Um, Stick around to the end. We're going to talk to you a little bit about a little reading bookshelf freebie that we have for you to help inspire you and get excited about your summer reading list. So make sure you listen all the way to the end so you can find out how to get that. But let's go ahead and just jump in, Marie. Um, I think the first thing we need to talk about is how to end this year with hashtag no regrets. Hashtag no regrets. Yes. So as I think about the end of the year, I sat down to like think about, okay, what are we going to talk about on this episode? Like it's really important to finish strong. Like all of the things that have always been important for the end of anything, especially when we're talking about education and closing out a year where you've been working together with these students. Like how do we finish strong? And everything inside of me is like, I have been giving my all and pouring myself into creating distance learning materials and curriculum and, and keeping it all engaging for the students. How am I going to end this year for myself? And therefore, like, how can we as educators make this year end count for us? Because quite frankly, and I do not want to sound as callous as I'm sure I might, we're the ones who stick around. Our students are only there for hopefully four years. We're the ones who are in high school forever. (laughs) So like, how do we make this one count for us so that it's not the one we look back at and are like, oh, well, let's just forget about that year, 2020, right? So let's talk about hashtag no regrets. Um, For me, it's finding the motivation to stay engaged as a teacher. Like I have been reaching out to a lot of teacher friends like you, Amanda. I mean, if you guys don't know this, we talk daily. Anyways, um, just like, okay, keep me going because she's going to be done this week. I have three more weeks after her and those three weeks look like the longest three weeks ever. So I'm finding the motivation to stay engaged as a teacher and a lot of that is for the good of the kids. Um, And a way that I am staying engaged is by sitting down and I'm like sat myself and I said, what do I want to make sure I get out of this year? Like if I look back at the end of the year, a month from now, a year from now, whatever, what am I going to feel good about having had like happen? Sorry, I'm having trouble talking guys. Um, what am I going to like look back at? Like, I don't want to have any regrets looking back at the year and being like, oh man, if I had just done blah, 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 the year probably would have ended a, not, a lot nicer. So that's one of the things that I'm doing is like sitting down. Like I know for a fact, I want to make sure that as many of my seniors as possible, I get to have like specific contact with them, whether it's just over an email or if they're showing up. I have a group who have been showing up really consistently to our like live meetings that we have every Monday and just being able to actually connect with every single student during that time who's there. That really fills my bucket. And that's one of the things that I want to be able to look back on and say, you know what, I did that. And I feel like that made a difference for them and therefore made a difference for me. That's like one of the things that I'm going for. And I think the hard part about that, Marie, is because what you've done is you created, like you said, we've poured so much of our energy into creating space and time 
to make sure kids have the opportunity to be engaged. And I think a lot of us are falling into the blame game of blaming ourselves for not doing enough or needing to do more to make sure that students are engaged. And I think for me to end the year with that emotional, you know, burden is to not blame myself if kids have checked out. It's not our fault. It's not even healthy, I think, to to try to find blame. I think what's most important is like you said, make a concise list of what you want to get out of the year because that's what matters to you. And for all of the years that you'll be at the school, like you said, um, for me, I think it's really, really similar to you. And I, my list was pretty concise. Um, I wanted to make sure that I did something special for my AP Lang students. This is my first year ever teaching AP Lang. And I always kind of dreamed about teaching this class. And so two of the things that I've always wanted to do for them is uh, make a t-shirt and make a care package or like gift package before their exam. So we were able to do both. I found a t-shirt company that was still working and making stuff and should, they should be delivered today, hopefully. Um, so kids were able to order shirts and I've been driving around for three days around my school's town, delivering Ziploc bag gift cards and candy to students. And it has been such an incredible experience because I am still kind of new to my school. So I have gotten to know the area way better than sitting on my butt going back and forth between school and my house. Um, so it's kind of had a lot of other rewards that I wasn't expecting. Um, so that's been really cool. Another thing I like to do traditionally at the end of every school year with every class is to take a class picture. So I figured out a system to do so. I basically have the kids sending me a selfie and on their selfie, I want them to write a one word story that encapsulates their whole year, not just COVID, because I feel like that's the problem also at the end of the year is it's really overshadowing 75% of our year was awesome. This 25% has sucked, but like we, we did a lot of really cool things from August until now. So oh, we're gonna absolutely. Do a mm -hmm. did you have to tell them like your word cannot be Corona? <laughs> I did. Like, I have only gotten a handful in so far. It's kind of an ongoing assignment for the week. Oh, okay. <laughs> Both of them have, have kind of jumped on that bandwagon too. They're kind of sick of it. You know, they're, they don't really yeah. want that to define their year either. Um, so it's been like, that's been really nice to end the year emotionally. And then we also, it's really important to me also that we always have a summer reading assignment. And so I got my summer reading bingo assignment ready to go and pushed out to kids this week too. That's awesome. See, and I'm taking, like we said before, she's three weeks ahead of me. Like you're, <laughs> the end is, the end is happening now. And I'm like, well, I've got about a month left. Um, so I feel like I have a little bit of time to kind of figure some stuff out. I, I'm sure I've said before, I teach sophomores and seniors as of right now. So like the sophomores, I will see again. I will very likely have them as possibly juniors, but I'll probably have them as seniors. So I'm less, it sounds awful, but I'm less worried about not seeing them. I am more worried about not seeing these seniors. So I'm trying to find ways. Like I really like the class picture idea. Um, and then because I teach on a quarter system, I have a whole class of kids that I haven't seen since January because we changed over and got brand new kids. So I like the idea of a class picture to be able to like create something that's like commemorative 
and brings it all together, but that's also really low maintenance for yes. them. Like it's not asking a whole lot of, out of kids. They're not having to do a long reflection. I'm seeing some amazing things that teachers are getting out of their students, like where they're writing stories or they're writing poetry. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get that out of my students right now. <laughs> like, yeah, me neither. I'm going to be They're not about that life at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and I'm trying to be sensitive to that too. Like everybody on, is in different places wherever you are the culture of my kids right now is like, yeah, we don't really want to make much. So I like the idea of something that's low maintenance and easy, but also like really impactful and nice for everybody to be able to have. And it's manageable on your end too. Like yes. We don't want to be like just desperately making more work for ourselves, but I feel like this definitely checks those boxes. Low, low maintenance for them, for us and commemorative. I'm it. telling you, Marie, I don't know what you guys are doing for graduation, but we had our graduation on Sunday, virtually, they did it like on YouTube live pretty much. Um, it was super, well, it was pre-recorded and then they put it on live. I was a puddle. I was a mess. It was so beautiful. And I, and you know, what was the most emotional part was watching the live stream comments. Oh, I'm getting yeah. like teary now. And like, I thought it was going to be really dumb and just like totally disappointing for the kids. And I honestly, I hope they always do a live stream, even if it's of a live graduation, but like there were family members, like wishing you good luck from, you know, from Venezuela and like where all their families lived all over the country and the world, they were able to be there. And That's it was so, cool. so, it was precious. It was precious. No, right now, because we are in a pretty big district with five high schools, so there's a lot of like, we all have to do the same thing. So right now, our graduations are postponed till the end of July of this year, 2020, but they're still going to do something. It's still in the air. I mean, we still have three and a half weeks, so it's still kind of like, we don't really know what's going on, which once again is where I have to like trudge through to find the motivation to be like, okay, kids, because I'm the one who sees their little faces going, do you know what's going on? Like, okay, let's, I don't know what's going on, but here's what's happening for us. Like to yeah. that closure that I get for graduation every year is something that I'm trying to create for myself. So hashtag no regrets. Hashtag <laughs> no regrets. Okay. Onto the boring stuff. Our second agenda item for you guys <laughs> the year is a little less emotional and fun. Um, but I know this is something that I desperately want from my students and from myself is to collect data and reflect. How do you plan on doing that, Marie? I mean, this stuff is invaluable. Being able to say, how did it go? What went well? What didn't go so well? Do you have ideas from our students, but then also from ourselves? Um, I There are a few things that I want to do in order to set myself up for success in the fall, right? Like, I don't want to spend the whole summer worrying about what's the fall going to be like. I have, I'm in the moment now, the context is right to be writing down the things that are working on my end, where I'm seeing engagement, the thing, you know, like the, the stuff that I've been testing out through distance learning, because once again, we don't know what the fall is going to look like. Very likely there's going to be at least some sort of a blend between live and distance. Um, so I'm writing down notes. Like basically I'm that person that on my like lesson calendar, because I write everything down, which is not the most efficient or safe way to keep your plans all together. And yet I still do it. I put it digitally and I write it down. I'm the post-it note maker. Like I, in my classroom, all over my desk right now, I'm sure collecting dust are just a crap ton of post-it notes underneath my little like clear desk pad that like keeps them all down. That's like, Othello, make sure to make the note of blah, blah, blah. Like 
things that I thought of while I was actively teaching, I need to do that now as well for the things that I was doing through distance learning is like make all of those sorts of notes that then we can look back at when we start reteaching again in the fall. Um, and then there are so many stinking like resources and tools out there that I was like, that's so cool. I'm never going to get to that. Like, <laughs> so making a note of all of the things that I like wanted to try that I saw, that I saw people talking about, that I saw they were giving trials for. Um, I'm just going to kind of believe that those trials are probably going to extend into the fall and we're going to have different sorts of tools available. But like making a list of all of that and doing kind of a brain dump so that it's out of my head. And I feel like I'm sort of setting myself up for success while I'm in the context of now, I think is going to be like the most important thing that I can do. I am a thousand percent on the exact same page as you. I, this is my, my hot time for planning for next year. Totally. May, June. Like I do so much curriculum planning right now because when I, when we're going to get to unplugging, but like when I unplug, there is no getting me back plugged in until I'm absolutely forced. Like I am the kind of person that I go hard or I literally go home. Like there is, I'm an extreme, I have extremes. And so that's why I think <laughs> it's exhausting to be my friend because when I'm, when I'm on and I'm going, I'm there, but, but you're man. very lovable. See, so it's, it's really, it works out. You and I are also exactly the same. No, I'm exactly the same. I forget everything. When I unplug, everything is gone from my brain. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I have really good ideas right now because I'm talking to so many people like totally. you. Are on Instagram, people at my school, um, that we have been brainstorming all year long and I don't want to forget it. So finding a system to like get your data down, get your ideas down is really important. Um, I'm going to be creating a Google form survey of some kind for my students. I know one question that I really want to ask my students, this was kind of a trending question a couple of years ago, the, um, what I wish my teacher knew. I think a question like that I like to think that I learned a lot about my students as we went through. I mean, I, I think I talked to you guys here, maybe on Instagram. I mean, I had tragedy occur with my students over these last two and a half months. I had a student who lost her mom. I had celebration. I had a student whose older sister had her baby and like, it was like so exciting. Like I've had so many things going on with my students. Um, but I wonder what they would want their teacher to know that they have next year, especially considering their first meeting might not be in person. Um, and I would be happy to pass that along to their next teacher uh, anonymously or with their name. But I think I would like to receive some stuff from incoming students to my class about how their experience was. And just, I don't know, I think something like that might be kind of cool data to collect. I think that it's, even if it's not something that you pass along, because, you know, like what if a student's like, I'm, I don't feel comfortable with sure. a sure. stranger getting this information about me, it's still like for you as the person collecting it. Cause by the way, I'm totally going to steal that question. It's fantastic. Um, like I want to know what my students who I already know think so that I can kind of use that to frame my approach in the fall to brand new students. Right. Like, so it's still so invaluable, even if it's not specific to the kid. I think both ways work. Yeah. Even if like a couple of your teachers, you and your department worked together and just kind of assembled it all together in one big lumped place of 200 responses. What a great, what a great way to collaborate and say, how are we going to approach our kiddos? Because we know that we feel the turmoil and we are adults in charge of our own lives. These are kids who are not in charge of their own lives, who are just swirling around in the 
turmoil. And I think it's easy for us to forget that. Like I lose that perspective sometimes too. So it's a really, yeah, like coming together. Um, Cause like we said, every school, every population is going to be experiencing this a little bit differently. And then every kid within that population is going to be experiencing it in their own or like through their own lens, but coming together and pooling that kind of information, like what a sensitive and like responsive way to look ahead. I hope so. I I think the last thing I would add to my list, one thing that I like to do like right now is I don't know how many of you guys are good about this. I am a terrible, I'm sometimes really organized and other times I'm just a crap show, but my Instagram saves are super organized. Like I have everything that I've saved on Instagram from the past year and years before that are categorized in my, in the app. And so I like to actually go into Instagram right around now and like scroll through the things that I've saved from the whole year and like plot the things that I want to do next year, like on my calendar. So I know last year this happened. I saw the, um, the best part of me, that activity I did with catcher. I found that on Instagram last year and I was like, I want to do that next year. And I did it, but that's because I wrote it down on my lesson planner for the month that we were going to teach it. So yeah, it's like my post-its. Yes, totally. No, I do the exact same thing. (laughs) I am so visual and I like Instagram always inspires me. So I'm like, okay, I got to flip back through now from this year. Because when I go back and look in August, so much time is going to have passed and I'm going to forget what I liked and whatever. So don't forget to scroll through your Instagram. And if you don't know how to save posts on Instagram or how to like make folders, just ask me, I'll show you. Yeah, totally. Well, I don't, I don't have a very organized Instagram. It's one of the like few things that I just have been like, ah, one day. And then I'm like, nope. That's like um, my entire Google drive. So that's okay. <laughs> that's really that for me is like anal retentive organized because oh, otherwise no. I never, I never name things the same. You know how there are some people that are great at naming files and folders, yeah. like in a way that's systematic. I'm just like, the one with the blue thumb. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll put it in the right folder. So eventually I'll find it. (laughs) Um, No, my, okay. So like, I kind of have my own weird little, this is something I've never told anybody. It's actually not that shocking. It's I'm way too much buildup. Every year when my students are taking their finals or doing some sort, whatever it is, like there's always something that's kind of like quiet work for them to do either while they're working on a project that's going to be presented whatever it is, or if they're taking an actual like final, final, I sit with my little notebook and I draw like a map with chunks in it for each week of the quarter. We have nine week quarters. And I look back at last year's like map of the, and I, I, I map out my curriculum week by week and I look at my units and where they're going to fit. And I fill in where like winter break is and when um, Thanksgiving is, and I look at how I can kind of make things fit nicely around holidays and those sorts of things. And I start to go through all of that. I collect all of my post-its and I like categorize them and it's all in my little notebook so that I feel like I have some sort of like a refresh and things to look forward to. And then I've got this like good skeleton for whenever it is in the fall that I really look or like, you know, it's not, I mean, I say in the fall, but like late July when I start to key back into work and that's my like restart. It sounds like we do a lot of the same thing. Like we just kind of comb through it all and get it all ready so that future us loves past us (laughs) for the setup. We want to be loved. Exactly. All right. So let's move on. Yes. Speaking of 
Speaking yeah. of looking ahead, let's actually look ahead to the immediate yes, future, guys. <laughs> I'm wicked burnt out and I'm ready. Like this stuff normally Ugh. gets me pumped and ready for the summer. I'm going to have to force myself to do a lot of this data collection and a lot of this reflecting because so much is unknown and I'm going to get pissy about it. And I know that, and I'm just going to have to accept that. And then I'm going to unplug. Let's talk about how to unplug and enjoy life again. It's not as simple as just doing it. No, it's not. <laughs> you think it's just like, okay, just unplug. Like, you're, you're like, just go be a person. And that's just not how it works. No, my brain goes, <laughs> I can't do it. It shorts out. One of the things though that like on a daily basis helps me wind down is reading. And I know that obviously as English teachers, we are both very into reading. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to be reading this summer. Amanda, you want to start? I do. My list is ever growing and I'm a, I'm a reader much like my Google drive all over the place. Um, <laughs> I love being in multiple books at the same time and then kind of whatever one is pulling me once we get to around page a hundred, then I just go for it like in an all nighter. Um, it's a very, very weird way to read, but it's, everything's changed after having kids. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm doing these days. So this summer, I really want to knock out a bunch of books. Um, I'm starting with something really cool, um, by Luis Umberto Orea and it's called the devil's highway. It's a nonfiction book about, the immigration realities of moving across that Southern border from Mexico, Latin America into the U S and he spent years, years, years doing research and following families and people who are doing it and um, telling their stories. And I like so desperately want to have a text that brings this issue into my classroom in a way that we can have a human being discussion about it. Um, it's become so politicized and my students, and I'm sure some of yours, um, most, I think most teenagers in the United States struggle with finding their own real opinions. Um, they're so heavily influenced by their, each other and their parents. And I feel like my plan is not to you know, indoctrinate my students in any way, but to help them figure out how to think for themselves. And I think this issue is a really interesting place to do that. So I am looking forward to reading it for a bunch of reasons, mostly for me, but also in the back of my mind, I'm hoping I can find a couple close reading passages that might work in school. Well, there's um, some good like critical thinking. I know that's the thing. Unplug, you never really quite not do. Exactly. But that's also where we find a lot of inspiration for like things that make us great in our jobs is yeah. it's always kind of there. <laughs> yeah. And well, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm in danger of probably reading you my whole to be our list and giving you everyone's a, a synopsis, but I'll just tell you uh, two more that I'm looking at. Um, I'm looking at finally reading becoming it took, it took Michelle Obama to show up on my Netflix queue to be like, God, I haven't read that yet. So I, <laughs> I need to get on it so that I can watch it because I'm going to watch it. So that's got to get read. And then I am not even going to attempt to say her last name, but I want to read, I, and I already got it in the mail, um, Purple Hibiscus by the young woman who wrote um, We Should All Be Feminists. She does her TED Talk on a, the danger of a single story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimena, I think is her first name. Oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm going to link it in the show notes so you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But she has a new novel out called Purple Hibiscus that's supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. So super looking forward to that one. Um, those sound really good. 
there's more. And that's what we're going to have for you guys on your freebie. So we'll have our whole list linked for you on an adorable little color it yourself bookshelf that we're giving away. On the yes, we up. have, we have both a blank, for, uh, like bookshelf for you guys to fill in for yourselves, to fill in the books that you want to read, the things you want to watch, the podcasts and things you want to listen to. Um, and then we're also going to include one that's filled out with all of ours that we're like talking about right now, where you can then like go and find these things. Uh, my number one that I'm going to start, I actually started and then I fell asleep with it on me because the text is way denser than the vapid YA that I have been re Actually, the YA I've been reading hasn't been completely vapid, but it's been YA, so it's been a really easy read. But I um, actually have, there's a group of us on Instagram and in YouTube that are reading Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria by uh, Beverly Daniel Tatum. I almost couldn't say the word Daniel. Um, and it's a book that I've had on my list for ever. And finally it was like, do you guys want to read this as a group? Yes. So I started it and I read like the introduction and my brain was like, oh, you need to do this earlier in the day. Um, <laughs> so that's going to be like, <laughs> that's one that I think I'm going to have to wait really to get into until um, school's out because my brain needs to really be able to digest. I have a lot of fun lit on here. Um, one is another YA called Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. She wrote The Poet X and a bunch of different things. Um, I, I just finished. Her. I just finished with The Fire on High by her. I love that one. So that one's right at the top of my list. And then I actually have a little series that my kids and I want to read together. It's called The Fairy Tale Detectives, The Sisters Grimm by Michael Buckley. And it's about these two girls and their parents have gone missing. And all of a sudden they find themselves living with a... Um, long lost grandmother who they thought wasn't alive. And what do you know? They're actually part, uh, like they're descendants of the brothers Grimm and like all of these fairy tale characters come to life. And, uh, I don't know how into it my four-year-old is, but my seven-year-old is like all in. So we're pretty excited to start those. And then I have a bunch of different ones that are equally like cerebral and then also like kind of silly <laughs> because I'm all over the place when I read too, but I'm excited. We're currently reading Timmy Goes to the Toilet. Yeah, you are. Because he, guys, guys, he went pee-pee on the potty. That's a big deal. For any of you out here who are listening, who do not have kids, or whose kids are old enough that you're kind of like, oh, I kind of remember that. I just need everybody to realize, like, that's a big deal. <laughs> uh, yes, I'll be reading in the bathroom, waiting for Hugo to not actually have to go, but really want to sit there and... Uh -huh. Wait for what comes in the bottom of the, <laughs> in the bowl. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, just, yep. We at one point had little potties all over our house because it was like, when the moment strikes, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I have to share this little, this little hack with you guys from my friend. Uh, I like to call her my friend, the lazy genius. I've talked about her before. She has older kids, older than yours, Marie. And like she said, like her reading hack, she loves to read. She always has reading lists she puts out. Um, and she says that she leaves a book in like every room in her house where the kids play and do things. So that like on the random occasion that all of a sudden they find themselves lost in their own little imaginary world or playing together, she just kind of very quietly reaches for the book that's on the nightstand or the table or the corner that's there. And that's how she keeps reading is because the books are just stationed. Oh 
That's fantastic. I need my daughter to get to the point where she stops taking my stuff to like play mommy and hiding it in her stuff because she's like organizing and putting it away. I've lost two pairs of glasses, a couple of books. What cannot find. I can't <laughs> find one flip flop. It's been over a week. Don't know where it went. Yeah. So, but that's she is the g- lazy genius. It and is like, so lazy, and it is so genius. I love it. Example. <laughs> oh, it's so wonderful. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about some more ways that we're going to unplug, shall we? I know for me, like, I am all about getting a change of scenery. I know that I'm pretty sure in Illinois, our state home order is going to be lifted um, at the end of the month, which is really exciting. And even if that's not the case, just making a pointed effort to take a drive, go to a state park, go to a different place in your county or your area to take a walk. I think it just takes a lot more effort now to make sure that you do it. That's one of my goals this summer. One of our biggest ways to change our scenery is just to like, if it's like icky weather outside, move to a different room in the house. Like that is help. And I know not everybody can do that because we don't all have multiple rooms that we're going into. But like, even if the kids and I go from like the living room into the kitchen for a little while. Like it's not far, but it helps. The other thing we've been doing is driving like a half a mile away and walking around a different part of our neighborhood, which is silly. It sounds silly, but it makes all the difference. And like, we're noticing different plants and like that small change of scenery is like making a huge difference for us, even just like this week. Absolutely. As, as a traveling, I mean, we are travel like addicts in my family. So this has been a special brand of torture for us. Yeah, I bet. Um, but I think we're, we've got our eyes on national parks, state parks and things like that as going to be kind of our go-to for the summer. So that's usually kind of on the summer plan anyway, but hopefully we have some national parks open up and we can at least, at least explore things that are outside. And yeah. Well, and your kids are getting more mobile, so you'll be able to do Tell me about it. More on the go stuff like that. Speaking of which, since this week is going to, uh, this week, since this summer is going to look pretty stinking different from most summers for most of us, I think it is more important than ever to make a list of the things that we want to do or the things that sound nice. And they can be grand and they can be small. But if there's a bunch of varying things on like a summer bucket list, then they won't all get done. They never really do all get done. But if they are varying in type and in like, I don't know, extremity, they're more likely to feel satisfying. What sorts of things are you going to put on your bucket list other than like going to, I know you want to go places. What sorts other of things do you guys potty have? Training. <laughs> other than potty training. Yep. Um, I, there are quite a few things. One, uh, one of them is actually to spend some time in my kitchen for the joy of it. Um, this distance learning, I kind of thought, oh, I'm going to have more time to get my culinary house in order for my family and, you know, be a mom that cooks all kinds of things for her kids. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Famous last words. I'm going to have more time dot, dot, dot. Yeah. In distance learning. That was hilarious. I, I, I remember driving home thinking, oh, oh, finally, I don't have to go to school every day. And here we are. Um, so I have some culinary exciting moments. I really want my mother-in-law to finally teach me how to make mole. Mm. Um, my mother-in-law is from Guatemala. My father-in-law is from Mexico. And both countries have different types of mole. I don't know how many of you are mole fans. I don't particularly love it, but it's like one of those things that Latin grandmothers and mothers like don't write down recipes. 
So if I don't get after it and learn it and write it down, it's going to eventually die with her um, someday. And I think I really want to be intentional about things like that right now. That's really cool. Yeah. We've got things like make homemade popsicles. Like, like we, we've been working on a veggie garden and so we want to grow strawberries and make a pie out of them. Like those are the things that I've got with my kid. They're all, I mean, they really are all kid related because I sit there and I go, yeah, I want to have some time to myself, but a lot of the time to myself is going to be when the kids are in bed. Like I'm, I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that we're never going to have concentrated family time like this ever again really. (laughs) So the kids are just getting older. They're just getting more independent and having their own lives. And so I want to be intentional about what we do together. Yeah. Lots of baking. A lot of gardening too. We're going to be riding the gardening train with you. I am so excited for all of this. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully this is, you know, like helping you feel a little bit better. Like I've been dreading the end of the year because quite frankly, like I said, I'm losing motivation. I want to have hashtag no regrets. I'm going to motivate myself to collect some data, do some reflecting because that does get me pumped for next year. So hopefully I can force myself through that. And I mean, I think it's obvious in our voices, we're pretty excited to like have summer happen and unplug and do what we can to just (sighs) find Zen a little bit. So we're hoping that you guys find that as well. Yes. And listen, you guys, just because you have more, quote, more time or whatever, or you're feeling stressed about next year, you are under no obligation to dedicate your summer, your entire summer to school. I was under that illusion for the first five, six years of teaching. No, that is not what summer is for. If you find times of inspiration and bolts of lightning, go for it. Yep. But don't feel like it's your obligation to take the summer to figure your e-learning life out. Cause guess what? It's all going to change anyway. So well, take and like take care of yourself. letting yourself relax will actually let your brain do a little yeah. bit of regenerating so that then you have the capacity to do all of that good stuff. Um, so we are going to bid you guys adieu. And like Amanda was saying before, we have a freebie for you. Get excited about planning your summer. We have our bookshelves, our TBR stacks already and to rock and roll for you with a full list, not just the few that we talked about, full list of what we're going to be reading this summer, along with a blank bookshelf for you guys to download and fill out and color as you go and post all over social media and tag us in it. And it's going to be amazing. And we're so excited. Amanda, where can they find it? You can find it in our show notes at www.bravenewteaching.com. And we love you guys for sticking around. I know this is kind of a long episode, but we just love talking to you. And if you love listening to us, we would always love your review on iTunes. Thank you guys for coming around this week and we will see you next time.